Hi, thanks for joining us again today. This whole month we've been in a series, we've been talking about this word, kairos, and there's been a real buzz in the air concerning this word, kairos. Now, maybe you're watching for the first time today. The good news is that you can go to our social media platforms and watch back on the previous weeks. But we've been looking at this word kairos. Kairos is a Latin word. It's one of two Latin words that's used for time or moments. One of the words is chronos, and we've spoken time to unpack that over the last few weeks. But chronos is more logical time. It's more sequential. It's when we look at days, weeks, months, certain things happening at precise days in the calendar. That would be chronos. But when we look at kairos, kairos is a God moment. It's a perfect moment. It's a moment of opportunity, an opportune moment where things happen precisely at the correct time. You know, one of the comparisons we've used is that of a farmer, that he watches the crop, he watches the harvest. And all of a sudden, like the old adverts of old used to say in the UK, the man from Del Monte, he say, yeah, there's that moment where it's time to bring the harvest in. That would be comparable to what we are looking at when we talk about a Kairos moment. We're not talking about days, weeks, specific dates on the calendar, but rather a moment of God-ordained um, opportunity, a divinely orchestrated moment where God is doing something. So over the last month, we've looked at knowing the time, but it's important that we know what time we're in. Knowing our purpose, that God has positioned us as his people in this Kairos moment. And we've got to know our purposes for why we're here. And then last week we looked at our response. How should we response? Uh, how should we respond to being in a Kairos moment? If we sense that this is a moment where God is moving and uh, God is doing something new, a moment of opportunity, just like Esther knew when she said, you know, when she realized that she was born for such a time that she was in. Now, Kairos moments can also be Holy Spirit moments. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. But when we speak about Kairos moments, we're speaking of moments of God-orchestrated divine opportunity. Often Kairos moments would be moments where we sense or we see the Holy Spirit moving in a fresh way or doing something new on the face of the earth. Now, as you listen to certain things that are happening in the world right now, it really seems that we would be in this Kairos moment. We were very prophetic when we started to announce this thought, this is a Kairos moment. But actually, all of a sudden, we're hearing reports from around different parts of the world where there's a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure many of you would have heard of what's happening in Asbury College over there in Kentucky, where out of a prayer meeting came a spontaneous moment of revival that's actually breaking out in many of the colleges around the United States at the moment. Isn't that exciting that God is bringing a fresh move of his spirit, not through revival experts or people that want their name on it, but rather bunches of young people in certain 
around places that don't want to advertise. They don't want to become the face of what God's doing. They're just desperate for the Spirit of God to move in our generation. Maybe that's one of the reasons that God's pouring out his spirit in the colleges and in the universities. I began to lose count about how many places there's a fresh move of the spirit breaking out um, around the United States. But at the same time, you look at the Philippines and certain parts of the Philippines are having mass water baptisms where people are coming to Christ in a wholesale manner. Many, many people getting born again, stepping out of compromise, following Jesus through the waters of baptism. So it's not just one thing happening in Kentucky or a certain part of America. It's not so much about a place it's about this incredible reality that God is moving in this moment. This is a Kairos moment, a moment of divine opportunity where God has chosen this moment to move by his spirit, not in one place, but in many places. I'm so excited by that. But, you know, one of the things that I think we need to remind ourselves is with the temptation to just get on a plane and go to a place, and there's nothing wrong with that. I know a lot of people that have gone to visit Asbury and different moves of the Spirit that are happening. I'm not against that in any way. But I am when it comes from an ignorance of a person forgetting something very important. That God may be moving by His Spirit in certain locations around the earth, but that same Holy Spirit also lives in us. I believe it's vitally important that we remember that. You know, I was in America last week. I was preaching in New York. I was preaching in Pennsylvania. And I was watching on the news how the Spirit of God was breaking out in different places. And I've got to be honest, something inside of me said, I'm just going to jump on a plane and go over to Kentucky just to sit in that meeting. I don't want to be on the stage. I don't want to be uh, preaching. I just want to sit in that environment where there's a group of people leaning into God. And I actually prayed about it. And uh, my team here were glad that I really didn't get that confirmation from God. So I jumped on a plane and came home. And there's certainly a lot here to do to keep us busy. But one of the things that I reminded myself was, like I said, the same Holy Spirit who's moving so wonderfully in different places around America and around the world at this moment is the same Holy Spirit who's in our church and who's also in our lives. So what's our response to that? I believe that we should be saying, yes, Lord, whatever you're doing in certain pockets around the world, be doing what you do in me as well. Let my life be a move of the Holy Spirit. Let my life experience a fresh touch of what heaven's doing right now. Now, when we look around and we hear about the Spirit of God breaking out in certain places, whether it be in the Philippines or in a college here in Kentucky or a ministry here in Alabama or something here in New York, we should have great excitement concerning this. 
You know, sadly, when the Spirit of God moves, different people can react in different ways. I know some people have become skeptics and cynics and have appointed themselves to judge of all things God. I, I don't want to be like that. I want to be someone who says, Lord, I'm desperate for you to move on the earth, especially in England. Anything that's a movement of your spirit, oh, I want to be found rejoicing in that moment. But also remembering we shouldn't be surprised because God foretold clearly that in the last days he would pour out his spirit, not just on men, but on men and women, not just on old people, but young and old. And we read about those verses, don't we, in the book of Acts chapter 2. And in verse 17, we see this moment just after the outpouring of Pentecost, where the apostles are explaining to people what's happening. And they refer back to the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. And Joel, as a prophet in the Old Testament, had seen the day in which the disciples were living, and in, indeed the day that we're living. And he'd prophesied, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, whether it's Jew flesh or Jewish flesh or Gentile flesh, whether it's male or female, young or old, all of those former boundaries and um, segregations have been removed. God says, I will in the last days pour out my spirit on the earth. And I really believe that what we're hearing right now from the different corners of the world is another experience of God doing what he promised he would do. Now, Kairos moments, as well as being great moments of opportunity, being great moments where um, a plan that God had many years ago is now coming to pass in the moment that we're in. Kairos moments are also moments of revival. I love that word, revival. Moments when God revives his people. There's a lot of sound at the moment of revival. You know, some people are looking at what's happening around the world and they're saying it's an awakening. Yeah, I believe it is. The church is waking up to reality of God. Others are saying it's a move of the spirit. Others are saying it's revival. You know, we all mean the same thing. God is moving by his spirit and he's causing his people, the church, to awaken, to be revived, to rediscover their passion, to lose their passivity because he's moving and doing something on the earth. Now, whenever God moves, he revives and brings fresh life. I've had the privilege of being in different expressions of revival and awakening over the last 30 years. And every time I was in a moment that was truly something that was revival or awakening, you always felt the fresh breath of God. You always felt an encounter with Jesus, a fresh encounter with Jesus that left you feeling more alive in God than what you did before. So when we look at a Kairos moment, we need to understand that in a Kairos moment, it's when God is moving by his spirit, breathing his life or his breath back into his people. Now, again, when you look at the words that are used for God's spirit 
in Hebrew. There's a couple of words. One of them is pneuma, and another one is ruach. And those old Hebrew words, if you look at the definitions of them in a concordance, they both mean the breath of God, the life-giving breath of God. There's many other definitions to the word pneuma and also to ruach. But when you look at them, they both carry the thought of God's spirit moving, being God's fresh breath, breathing fresh life, fresh life that revives his people in his church to a healthy condition. What's an example of this? I believe a great example is found in the book of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, again, Ezekiel was a prophet in the Old Testament, living under an old covenant. But he, as a prophet, um, had a moment with God where God brought him to a place where things seemed dead and spoke to him about them coming back to life. I really believe when I was reading Ezekiel 37 this morning, it was a kind of picture of the church and what's happening right now. Can I read these verses to you this morning? It says in Ezekiel 37, verse 1, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. So he was brought out by the Spirit of the Lord, the same Spirit that's moving in Asbury, the same Spirit that fills our lives today. The same Holy Spirit led him out to a valley, and he said it was full of bones, dry bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw great many bones on the floor of the valley, and they were very dry. They were very dead. Bones represent something that was once alive, right? If you've got a valley of bones, it means you're standing somewhere where there was once life but the life has left and he asked me son of man can these bones live I think this is one of those funny moments where um, he wanted to answer correctly and he gives a brilliant answer to God's question but it's kind of dancing around the outside of the question a little bit he answers this way and I said sovereign lord you alone know that's a really clever answer isn't it can these bones live um um Lord, you know if they can live. A lot of wisdom in that answer. And then he said to me, prophesy, speak the word of the Lord to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath, ruach, the breath of God, enter you and you will come back to life. I'll attach tendons to you, make your flesh come upon you, cover you with new skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to fullness of life then you will know that I am the Lord so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying there was a noise a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone I looked at the tendons and the flesh that appeared on them the skin then covered them and there was but there was no breath yet in them then it says in verse 9 then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breathe from the four winds, breathe on these slain, that they may live again. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them, and they came back to life, and stood upon their feet, a vast, unstoppable army. This is a picture of revival. 
the Old Testament prophet was in a vision condition where God was showing him spiritual things that would occur. I really believe that this is what we're experiencing right now in this Kairos moment. You know, so much of the church has sadly been dry, worn out, tired, desperately in need of reviving. And God in this moment, like he promised in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. He's pouring out a fresh move of the Holy Spirit that's causing dry bones to come back into being a mighty, unstoppable army. You see, the church of Jesus Christ was always God's plan. It will always be God's plan. We are in a moment where we are seeing the body of Christ, the people of God, revived not so that we can have meetings and dance around the hall, so that we can be used for the purposes of God in this time that we're alive. Exciting days, hey? Now, this is a moment we need to be careful that we don't sleep through. Remember, we've referred before about the words of Isaiah when he said, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up from your slumber. Wake up, O sleeper. Come on, in the book of Romans, it says, wake up, O sleeper. Your salvation draws closer now than when you first believed. Both in Isaiah and in the book of Romans, it says, wake up. It's not time to sleep. You don't want to miss what God's doing. And I really believe that that's the sound that God's releasing to his church today. Come on, don't be a sleeping virgin with no oil in your lamp. Be a wise virgin that's awake and ready for what God's going to do next. Now, when we look at these moments of revival, when God moves by his spirit to revive, um, they're often suddenly moments. I call them suddenly moments. It seems that God takes a long time to tease something up. He takes a long time to prepare what he's going to do. But when it comes to the moment where he say, yeah, all of a sudden things happen. Now, a great picture for us of the unsudden and the, and the suddenlies of God is found in the book of Acts, in what happened in those moments just before. If you go to the book of Acts, chapter 2, um, it says in verse 1, now, when the day of Pentecost um, had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind from heaven filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues. And it's almost like that's the moment of the, when the fuse of the church was lit, became unstoppable, burst out of the room, began to take the message of salvation and the power of the Holy Ghost to a dying world that surrounded the room that they were meeting in. Now, we've got to be ready for God's suddenlies. That's why we've got to be awake. Like I said before, it's not time to sleep. I believe that we're in a Kairos moment. I believe we're in a Kairos moment where God's plans are coming to pass. I believe we're in a Kairos moment where God's spirit is moving on the earth in a fresh way. But we've got to be ready for God's suddenlies. We've got to be ready for them because my experience is that when God moves, it really is suddenly almost 
Many are caught out by surprise because they didn't see it coming. Back in 2015, some of you will know this, others won't, we experienced what we termed an awakening in family church. And we'd had some incredible Bible teaching meetings with Pastor Colin Urquhart. And it was the last night Colin had to leave for certain reasons. And he handed me the mic. And in that moment, we were just talking and we said, hey, we can't call for the fire of God to fall if we're not going to put anything on the altar. I'd no sooner finished that statement when the Holy Spirit turned up in power and authority. I wish I had longer to tell you about it. Maybe I will another time. But it lasted for two and a half weeks. And in those two and a half weeks, lives were changed. My life was changed. People were revived. God moved in power. There was an awe to every meeting. We had to change a lot of the songs we were singing. People were getting healed. People were forgiving people. They said they would never forgive. It was a sovereign moment, but we were at a Bible study. Uh, we were at a Bible study when suddenly God moved by his spirit. I loved it. If you say to me, what's the best time of ministry over the last 30 years? The two and a half weeks that happened in 2015, because I saw God move in power in a way that wasn't how man had portrayed revival to be with loads of noise and lots of volume, but deep working in people's lives where they were set free and made alive in him. Maybe I'll share on that a little bit more another time. Now, what I want to say today is in a Kairos moment, we need to be positioning ourselves for what God's doing. Now, when we read in the book of Acts, Jesus had said to these disciples, he knew he was going to pour out his spirit in that moment, but he said to them, listen, I want you to go to an upper room and I want you to wait. They didn't know what they were waiting for. They were walking in obedience to what Jesus had said. And we know in the book of Acts chapter 2, they went to an upper room having no experience or real knowledge of what was going to happen. But they positioned themselves where Jesus told them to be, and then they experienced what Jesus promised they would experience. So are we to go to an upper room? Or we ought to try and go to the college in Asbury in Kentucky? Logistically, that wouldn't work, which means many would miss out, and God's not unfair like that. So maybe for us, as well as rejoicing in what God's doing in Kentucky, in the Philippines, in different parts of the world, we need to be saying, God, come by our, come by here, God. I'm going to position my life in an upper room posture. I'm going to get rid of cynicism. I'm going to get rid of stuff that would get in the way of what your Holy Spirit wants to do in me and through me. So maybe we don't position ourselves in a physical upper room as much as we position ourselves with great attitudes, with desire, with hunger and expectation. God, this is a Kairos moment. And you are moving on the earth in a fresh way. And I don't want to miss out. As for me and my household, I don't want us to miss out. As for me and the church that you've given me to lead, we don't want to miss out. So we are going to do what we need to do to position ourselves correctly. Remember, those disciples had to position themselves correctly. None of them were in the upper room. So they had to move from different places where they were 
to an upper room. Maybe we need to move from different attitudes we've got. Suspicions, oh, I've seen it all before. You know, that know-it-all kind of spirit of boredom, passivity, and come and gather together with hearts that are hungry. Now, to me, there's two things um, that can cause a revival in God's people. Um, There's probably a few others, but these are the two that I think of when I think of a fresh move of the Spirit. I've experienced a move of the Spirit in the reality of what one is, and boy, it was different to what people told me it would be like It was a lot less man. It was a lot more God. God moving deeply in life. That's why I love what I see concerning what's happening in moments now. It's not the greatest showman. It's not your favorite preacher. It's God moving through a bunch of people that are just hungry for him. Now, here's two things that can cause a revival, a move of God's spirit on the earth. Number one, when God chooses to move in a fresh way. We can't manufacture that. It's time for you to move now, Lord. But we can experience moments where God says, this is a Kairos moment, and I am going to move by my spirit on a fresh way on the earth. But another way that I notice people can experience revival is when they purpose to turn their attention towards him. To actually say, Lord, let my faith be substantial. Let it be, let it be connecting me to who you say you are and what you say you're doing. I've noticed that there's moments where God sovereignly chooses to move on the earth in a fresh way. Love those moments. But also I've noticed that sometimes when God is moving in a certain way somewhere on the earth, other believers begin to say, well, God's omnipresent. If he's moving there, he can move here too. And it's like they turn their attention in a fresh way to God. And they say, God, if you're moving on the earth, move here too. And actually in turning towards him, they turn away from other things that have distracted them. Come on, let's all be like that. Let's hear that God is moving in a fresh way on the earth and not take the position of the judge or the skeptic, but just say, yes, our world needs it. In this crazy moment we're living, we need a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. We're going to position our lives. But Holy Spirit, if you're breaking out in different places, we're going to turn our attention to you. We're going to turn our attention and our focus in a fresh way on you, on your promises, on what you're doing. And as we do, that turn of faith will connect us to whatever you're doing right now on the earth. And we won't just hear about what the Spirit of God is doing in other places, but we'll also experience it in our church and also in our lives. Hope that encourages you today. This is a Kairos moment. This is a moment of divine opportunity. This is a moment when God's spirit is moving on the earth. Please don't miss what God is doing. Come out of the room of being distracted. Turn your attention to him. Come out of the room of being passive or procrastinating 
and say, God, now, now in me, move in my life. This is your temple. My life has become the temple of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't live in brick and mortar. He lives in the stones of his people's lives. I just want to provoke and agitate fresh hunger in you today. God is moving in this Kairos moment. Lift your arms, lift your hands, open your hearts for him to move in a fresh way in your life also. God bless.